You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. series uh, called seven times 70 where we are talking about forgiveness and if I'm honest with you I know that this this topic of forgiveness affects every single one of us doesn't it like we all have some people in our life that we need to forgive we all have some people that we've been hurt by we all have some people that maybe maybe they've just totally betrayed us or they man our trust is just broken with them and I, I tell you, even as your pastor, I am not immune to this. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people think that if you're, if, you're some, if you're spiritual or even a spiritual leader, a lot of people think that you're immune to the regular things that happen in the world. And can I tell you, I'm not. I experience this every single day. There are people in my life, I'm just going to tell you totally up front at the beginning of this series, there are people in my life that I need to forgive. There's people in my life that I, like, this process needs to happen inside of me as well. And so this whole series, I want to, I just want to talk to you about, I just want to be as open and honest and raw as I can uh, with you uh, to really show you what forgiveness looks like. And uh, so I just want you to know, I speak to you totally firsthand. And uh, this week, as I was preparing for this series, um, Thursday is my study day. And so um, I take, I take thurs- most of the day Thursday and just prep for you and I just prep for the weekend. And one of the things that I was thinking about, just kind of on a whim, um, I, was like, I, I was like, man, I'm going to send out a, a little Instagram poll and ask how many people. I, I, I asked this question, tell me how difficult, tell me the most difficult circumstances you've ever been through that you've had to forgive. Tell me the most difficult thing that you've ever had to forgive in your life. And I just put this on social media, just open uh, for people to reply and comment. And can I tell you, I was not prepared for the responses. Um, I, I I was floored by the amount of responses that I got. And not only that, but the amount of serious, serious like deep issues of forgiveness. And I knew that this series would touch a lot of people, but I was really not prepared for what I was, what, what I just, what, what you guys were open to just tell me through an Instagram direct message. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. And in some way, I, 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 I was, in some ways I was hurt by it because my heart hurts for you. Like my heart hurts for the, the ways that the, the horrible things that some of you have been through, but it, it also really helped me to realize, I, I, think, I think that poll is actually going to help me minister to you better because I know that this is a topic that really hits every single one of us and it's not easy to forgive. In fact, I was listening to a podcast this week about, a, and this pastor was talking about this idea of forgiveness and he was talking about this, uh, this app that we probably all used to have on our phones at one point. Did anyone ever play Angry Birds? Yeah, <laughs> we got some Angry Birds fans in the house. When I was in high school, that was, we were doing the Angry Birds thing, and it was cool. And, uh, it, but ang- he was talking about how Angry Birds and forgiveness, they're, they're kind of alike. He talked about how there's, if you don't know the concept of Angry Birds, Angry Birds is these birds who are mad at these Ugly looking pigs, right? And, uh, and you, you shoot the bird at the pigs to get their eggs back. The whole goal is to collect your eggs. And the problem is that 
anytime, the, obviously the birds are angry, and so you're shooting them at the pigs, but the birds have to sacrifice themselves in order to gain something from, from those pigs. And what you find out is that even though you accomplish one level or two or 10 or 100 or 300, there's always another level. Like there's always something going on. There's always some more things to do. And he was talking about how that is your life. Many of us, we carry around unforgiveness towards somebody. And when we, what, what, what we do is we try to tackle this on our own. And as we try to tackle it on our own, what are we doing? We're just destroying ourselves each and every time. And every time we try to tackle it on our own, and every time that we try to take care of the situation by ourselves, all of a sudden, it just seems, when we, when we try to take care of it on our, by, on our, by ourselves, all of a sudden, we're doing nothing but hurting ourselves over and over and over again. And it seems like there's always another level. And today, that's why I want to talk to you about this idea of forgiveness. I want to talk to you about the person who's made you upset. I want to talk to you about the person who's hurt you. I want to talk, maybe, maybe it's not just a person, maybe it's a group of people. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a group of people who have frustrated you or, or who have hurt you. And, uh, and, and if you have any type of, of unforgiveness, if you have an unforgiving heart towards any type of friends or coworkers or, or maybe it's family members, you know, people who have let you down and you just, maybe they've said something about you and you don't like what they've said about you and, and you just, uh, whatever it is, and by the way, can I just tell you, I have someone in probably every single one of those categories that I just named. Like, I have some people that I need to forgive. But whatever it is, whoever it is, whoever you need to forgive, I want you to know that you're not in it alone. In fact, Jesus says, take a look at this. Jesus tells us that we're not just, this is, this is not something that we're just, he, he doesn't promise that we're not going to experience this. Instead, look at what he says in Matthew chapter 24. He says, and then many will be offended and they'll betray one another, and they will, they will hate one another. Even better, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, he said, then he said to the disciples, it's impossible. Church, it's impossible that you're never going to be offended. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says that when you live this life here on earth, you're going to be offended. And so some of us, we think that when we follow Christ and when we live the Christian life, that we should never be offended by anyone else ever again. And can I tell you, that's simply not the truth. Jesus says that it's impossible for you to live through this life and not be offended. So if you've been offended, don't feel bad about it <laughs> because it's going to happen. Just understand that this is something that you call life. However, I am your pastor. And I was thinking about this idea of unforgiveness. And, not, and more than just that, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this, this whole season where we are, I feel like, in our country and in the differences that we all have in our culture. And we just really need, I, I just felt in my spirit that it's time for the church to get their hearts in the right place when it comes to this topic. Because this is, forgiveness is something that, if we're honest, I don't think we, we don't see it very often in our culture at all. I mean, it's rare that we ever see it. And I just think that it's time for the church to get, let, let's get our hearts in the right place. And, and honestly, a place that honors God. Not just, that, not just a place that honors God, but a place that honors God and loves people. And that's what God's called us to do. And can I tell you, it's not natural to want to do this. Like, I'm preaching you this message 
This is not a message to grow your church, everyone. Like, this is not something like to bring, like, this is not a natural thing to do. Forgiveness is not a natural thing that we just, I want to wake up every day and forgive all the people who have hurt me the worst. It's not something that we want to do. In fact, there's three different reasons why I believe that many of us don't want to do this and three different reasons that I think the reasons why it's going to be hard. Here's the first reason is simply this, is that many of us, we don't want to forgive because we have the wrong understanding of forgiveness. We just simply don't understand what forgiveness is. In fact, most of us, when we talk about forgiveness, most of us think that in order to forgive, we have to also agree with. That for someone, that we have to begin to agree with them, which by the way, is not true at all. In fact, I'll say it like this, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. And a lot of people, they won't cross the line, they won't step into forgiveness because they feel like if they would ever forgive that person, it would just totally minimize and it would say that what they were doing was not wrong. Listen, that's not the case. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did was okay. It's not saying that what they did didn't hurt you. It's not saying that what they did wasn't wrong. Absolutely not. In fact, forgiveness, forgiveness is not just, well, well, you ought to just, you ought to just get over it, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not minimizing the offense. In fact, not only that, but it's also not reconciliation. Forgiveness is, is not reconciliation. Now, can I tell you, reconciliation is very important. It's a very important part to your life, but reconciliation is a two-player game, meaning that in order for you to reconcile with someone, you and the other person have to agree. That's where, that's where you have to come together. I have to, if I want to reconcile with you, I have to have your cooperation. But forgiveness and having the right heart is a one-player game. It's something, it's not... It, it's, it's my attitude towards you. It's, it's, my atti- it, it's, it's my attitude towards you and my attitude towards God about you. And so forgiveness is a one-player game. It's a, it's a single-player game. And it, 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 it's, it's saying something like, God, I might not agree with them, and God, I've been hurt by them, but I'm, I'm not going to let this pollute my heart any longer. I'm not going to let this hurt me any longer. God, even though they may have done the worst thing possible to me, forgiveness is saying, God, I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm not going to let that thing pollute my heart. It's not reconciliation, and it's also not forgetting what happened. And this spurs from this idea in our culture, you hear it all the time, to just forgive and forget, right? We're just called to forgive and forget. Listen, no, that's not, not the case at all. In fact, I really do believe that real forgiveness is actually remembering what happened and still having the peace, presence, and power of God in your heart. It's remembering all the terrible things that you've gone through, but still having the peace that surpasses all understanding in your heart. And can I tell you, church, that's what I want for all of us. That no matter how much you've been hurt and no matter how toxic it may be, that you would have this peace in your heart. And I believe it's available. Because honestly, church, I am so tired of the toxic culture that we live in. And I just believe, I think it's the church's responsibility, everyone, to rise up and to change it. I just think that we have that responsibility. I think God is calling us to set a standard that goes against the culture. 
And, like, and, and that means that we're going we're gonna to forgive even when they can't forgive. Like, we're, I think we're called to do it. And I just think that's what God's word leads us to. But can I tell you, we're not going to be able to do it if we're just like the rest of the culture. We can't set the standard if we have the same standard of forgiveness the rest of the culture has. And so today, what I want to present to you is a different standard of forgiveness. Because I believe, I think we have to, I think in our culture today, we have to stand firm and love well at the same time. In fact, that's literally, this is what I'm teaching about First Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to teach about our culture, where we are, and, and, and the difference that I think the church can make. And I'm, I, we're going we're gonna to parallel it uh, to, to Daniel. And I, Anyway, I'm very excited about First Wednesday. Uh, but listen, we're not called to be a church that just says, to stand out on the street corners and just say, well, y'all are going to hell. Y'all are going to hell. Like, that's, that's, that's not our message our Christianity, our message, actually the Bible says, Jesus talks about it, our, our message is supposed to be so attractive that the people around us actually want what we have. That when they look at us, they see that we're a different, we're a different type of person. And because of that, they're like, man, I want what they've got. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Why do they have that peace in their heart towards someone who betrayed them so, and who did things that were so wrong to them? Why do they have that peace? I want it. I could use it in my life. And listen, it has to, church, it has to start with us. I mean, I just think it has to start with our hearts being right about people. It has to be our hearts being right about our, our some of us is for our coworkers. Some of us is for our marriage. Some of us it's for, maybe it's for your in-laws or outlaws or whatever you call them, you know. Like, <laughs> whatever it is, our hearts have to start right. Here's the second reason. Y'all want the second reason? Here's the second reason we don't like to forgive. We don't like to forgive because, honestly, we don't think it's fair. And can I tell you, <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's not fair. It's absolutely not fair. But can I also say this? You don't want fair. You don't want fair in your life. Can I tell you? Thank goodness God isn't fair. Because if God was fair, you would pay for your own sins. You would, have to, you would have to pay that punishment. Listen, I don't want fair. I want forgiveness. Like, I will take forgiveness over fair every day. If it was fair, one day I would have to stand before God and give an account for every wrong thing that I did. But because of the blood of Jesus that covers me, everyone, like I will take forgiveness over fair every single day, every day. And so understand, it's not fair. And I know that's something that hinders us, but we've got to move past it. And in fact, this, this section of the story brings me to this, this uh, I want to share this story with you in scripture that is so important. And I think, I think this story actually has a, a, a very important piece to the culture that we're living in today. Take a look at it here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. It simply says this. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and he asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me. Up to seven times. Obviously, Peter here is frustrated by someone he's already forgiven. 
Peter feels like he's done his job, right? Like, I've forgiven him once, but he keeps, he keeps doing it. Like, why is this happening? And, he, and this guy keeps offending him. And Peter is trying to be the big guy here. And he's trying to say, Lord, up to seven times. I mean, that's a lot. Wouldn't you agree? That's a lot to forgive someone. They just keep offending me. Look at what happens. I love this story. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In fact, most scholars believe that Jesus, what he was actually meaning here, was 70 times seven. Which, by the way, if you do the math, that's 490 different times per day. So you say, Jesus, how often should I forgive somebody every single day? If you do the math right, that's about every three minutes. <laughs> if you never sleep. Three minutes. If you never sleep, that's how often Jesus says you should, be give, you should be forgiving him. And therefore, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And he began, to, he began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. So Jesus explains this in, in a parable type setting. And so he talks about how uh, he, he brings this guy. He began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents. You know, 10,000 talents in today's economy is approximately $5 billion. This guy owes $5 billion. You know, I think Jesus intentionally gave an amount that was so far out there for this guy to pay for. In fact, y'all agree that that's a little out there... If you don't agree, I'd love to talk to you after service, everyone. <laughs> we, we have lunch sometime. And uh, $5 billion. Jesus says this is way out there. And it says, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And the servant fell on his knees. And he said, be patient with me. And I'll pay back everything. And the servant took pity on him and canceled the $5 billion, everyone, worth of debt, and he let him go. But then we see in this story the same servant whose debt was just canceled, he went out and he found one of his servants and he, who owed him 100 denarii, which is about $10,000. Now that's a little bit more repayable, Right? I mean, that's, that's something on our level. He owed him about $10,000. He grabbed him, and he began to choke him. And he said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. The same thing, remember, that this, the, the other dude said, but he refused. Instead, he went off, and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Look at what he did. His, his was forgiven, but the guy owed him $10,000. He threw him into prison. And then when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went out and they, they told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. And he said, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. You got on your knees. You begged me to do this. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in his anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that was owed. And look at what Jesus says. 
This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. Don't we live our life like that sometimes? God's forgiven us of the huge amount of debt that we owe him. And yet we look at our brothers and sisters and we're not even willing to forgive something small that they've done in our life. And can I tell you, when you do this, when you begin to forgive, listen, it, it's, it's not saying that what they did was right, but it is saying, I'm not going to hold this in my heart against you anymore. And I'm going to have a, a heart change. Because look, look at what C.S. Lewis said. He said, to be, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And I just believe that if you would allow God to do that very thing in your heart today, I, 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 think, I think you would leave here walking freer and lighter and, and even more attractive to those who need what you've got. But many of us, we, we're like, well, Pastor Noel, that's great and all, but we still can't forgive because we don't think we can. We just simply don't think we can do it. And you might be in this room today and you say, well, Pastor Noel, I agree with everything that you just said, but you don't know my story. But you don't know how bad it was. You don't know everything that I've been through. You don't know how bad it hurt. And you're right. I don't have any idea. I don't. And I don't want to try to understand that. But I do know that scripture says that you can do everything through Christ who gives him strength. And listen, you're absolutely right. And hey, just a second, Jonathan, I gave you the wrong point number three. I got two point number threes. <laughs> I'd love for you to play the rest of the message, but uh, hang out right there. <laughs> you were about to hear beautiful piano music for the next 25 minutes. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> The next point, number three. That's my bad. <laughs> Where are we? Hey, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And hey, and that's absolutely true. If you struggle with forgiveness, if you struggle with this idea of forgiveness, listen, I, I, I can do it. And I believe that you can do it. I believe that, here's, but here's the deal. I believe that you can only do it with the power of God. Like this is, this is impossible the reason that this is so impossible in our world today is because we're trying to do it without the power of God. And so I, I just truly do believe that with God, things that look impossible can be possible. Can you do it on your own? Absolutely not. But if you open up your life to the power of God, you will be able to do the impossible in your life. But here's the catch, and uh, here, here's what I want you to get. You have to take the first step. In order for, for this forgiveness to happen, you have to take the first step. And God is going to knock on the door of your heart, but you have to let him in. You have to open this up. And so there are steps that we take towards God that allows us to be transformed, that allows us to be healed. And can I tell you, these steps are challenging. But there are three things that I think, three things, honestly, if you study the Sermon on the Mount, this is where I'm getting all this from, three things from the Sermon on the Mount that help us uh, I, I believe, a, a activate this forgiveness in our heart. But you say, Pastor Noah, but that person was so ugly to me. He was so hateful. He was so mean. And maybe it's a group that you despise. Listen, I believe that at the end of this, you're going to have compassion for that person. 
I'm excited about it. And that attitude, that's the attitude that I want our church to have because that's the attitude that is attractive to the people who are far from God who will say, hey, I want what they've got. That's the hope in the culture like ours. You ready? Three things. Number one, pray for them. Pray for them. You want to start the forgiveness? You need to pray for them. And all y'all are writing that down like, Pastor Noah, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) I'm going to pray for them. I'll pray that every one of their Amazon packages is delayed this week. I pray in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Right? And that's that's how we do. And uh, in fact, I was was struggling with this. And and one of my mentors was telling me, okay, Noah, you just need need to find a scripture. Find a scripture and pray over them. And I said, oh, I found a scripture. All right. Break the teeth of the wicked, O Lord. Yeah, that's in, the, that's in Psalms, right? Break their teeth. I pray, I pray the spirit of broken teeth all over, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but <laughs> not that scripture. Not that scripture, he said. <laughs> no, Matthew chapter 5, here, here it is, the Sermon on the Mount here. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? That makes sense. Love the people you love and hate the people you hate. And, uh, but I tell you, Instead, flip it. Love, this is Jesus. Jesus saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so literally, I'm going to ask you, as hard as it is, to go before the Lord every day and just say, Lord, I forgive so-and-so, right? You just name their name. Lord, I forgive them. Name the group. Some of y'all need to name a political party. Lord, I forgive them, right? And Lord, I pray for them. And I pray that you would, I'm telling you, I pray that you would touch them. I pray that you would move in their life. I don't pray the breaking teeth of the wicked prayer. No, I I pray for something good to happen in their life. Lord, I pray that they would draw closer to you, that they would realize what they've done. Lord, Lord, I just, I lift them up today. And can I just tell you, not only does that prayer work on them, It works on you. I'm telling you, it works on the inside of you. In fact, there's this marriage counseling technique out there that anytime you meet with a couple that is having a hard time, the first thing you do as a Christian counselor, one of the first things that you can do is just ask one of the spouses to pray for the other one. You know how well received that is? <laughs> Absolutely not, is it? Are you kidding me? You want me to pray for this person? I can't stand them right now. But you, you, it's so interesting because you watch, watch it happen. And they'll pray, and, and they'll start, Lord, I, I pray for so-and-so, you know, and they're, just, they're having a hard time. But you wouldn't believe the difference after, at the end of that prayer. The longer that they pray, All of a sudden, you can just see the transformation start to happen. You see this in the book of Psalms, by the way. You see this with David. David starts half the Psalms by saying, God, where are you? (laughs) Right? And God, why is the wicked prevailing? God, what is happening? And then by the end of the Psalm, it's totally different. It's a totally different ending. God, you're so good. And Lord, you're so mighty. And you're so holy. What happened? It's prayer, right? Right in the middle, it it changed his perspective. And I want you to learn to do the same. 
For anyone that you hold unforgiveness towards, when you pray for them, all of a sudden it's changing your perspective. Whatever group, whatever person, Lord, I just speak blessing over them in Jesus' name. And can I tell you, it might not change them, but it will change you. And I'm a firm believer of it. Here's the second one here. You need to bless them. Bless them. By the way, bless, to bless someone just literally means to speak well of them. So you might be like, Lord, bless them, but I really hate their guts. You know, <laughs> you should have seen what they did last night. You know, like, uh, that, that's not blessing. And by the way, it's speaking well of them in private and in public. And so, yeah, you might speak well of them when you're around them, but when you're around the dinner table or your friends or whatever, it's also speaking well of them. It's saying, I'm not going to let a negative word come out of my mouth about them, that I will speak blessing over them. Luke chapter 6 says this, Jesus says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to them, uh, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. Romans says this, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And so instead of saying horrible things about them, scripture says to actually bless them, to speak blessing over their life. And so when someone talks to you about them, which, by the way, that's when it all gets stirred up, right? Because it's like, well, what do you think about so-and-so? It's like, well, let me tell you what I think about. So you asked, you opened that can of worms, right? Like, and listen, that, it, it, it's, easy, it's easy to do. I find myself doing the same thing. It's easy to open that can of worms and say, well, you have, you have well, let me just give you my honest opinion, right? Let me just tell you, you know, I, and, and listen, but that we have to, we need to speak blessing. I mean, there have been, there have been moments in my life where you ever, you ever just like plan a conversation in your head? Like, there have been moments in my life where I plan to like really tell someone what's up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I, I've got to rehearse in my mind. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them exactly how I feel about them. I'm going to tell and, and there have been moments where I, I have amped myself up to go into a conversation. Like, I'm going to tell them a thing or two. And then it's like the Holy Spirit just speaks to me and says, no, you're going to. I remember this one instance in particular where I was just so ready to tell them how I felt. And it was like God just said, nope, you're going to speak blessing over them. And I, I walked into that conversation and I just started talking good things to them and, and, and good things about them. And in my mind, I'm like, Noah, you're not on the script. You're not on the script. Like, get back on the script. And it was the Holy Spirit just saying, no, you're going to speak blessing over them. You're not going to curse their life. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, we're supposed to pray for them, and we're supposed to bless them. Because remember, our spirituality is supposed to be attractive to where people can say, hey, this is, if that's the God you serve, I want some of that. But can I tell you, church, if they see us as the church that is a ju just against everything all the time instead of the people who genuinely love them and want the best for them, can I tell you, we, we need to be those people. We need to bless people in Jesus' name. Number three, your cue. Uh, <laughs> I got to play with Jonathan. Doesn't Jonathan do such a great job? Absolutely. And, uh, but number three, we need to do good to them, which you're probably like, these three suck. <laughs> uh, I, here, let, let me show you. What do we do? Romans chapter 12, it says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. And be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And if it's possible, as far as it, church, as far as it depends on us, 
as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It goes on to say, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, what should you do? You ought to feed him. If he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And some of y'all are like, finally, some revenge, some burning, let them burn. You know, like, hallelujah. Listen, and that's not the case because this verse doesn't work very well in our culture today because we don't, we don't have the same need that they had in the culture back in the day. Um, in this culture, before ovens or stoves, uh, they, the fire was obviously one of the most important commodities that someone could have. And because people would go off to do something, to go work, or just generally neglect the fire, sometimes by the night, the fire would go out, and there wasn't really a good way to start it. And so what you could do is you could heap your burning coals, and you could bring some to your neighbor. And Jesus says to bring it to your enemy. (laughs) And so basically, hey, I know you don't have this, but I have this, and as much as it hurts me to do, right, I want you, enemy, to also have this. Because it goes on to say, don't overcome, do not be overcome by any evil, but overcome evil with good. And for some of us, that's just what we need to do. Some of us, there have have been some people, there have been some things, there's been a group of people that have hurt us so bad And we don't want anything to do with them. And the Lord says, it's time to bless them. It's time to to give them what you have. Why? Because that's the spirit of Jesus. That when they don't deserve forgiveness at all, he would still offer it. And can I tell you, that's nothing that our human nature wants us to do. But it's the spirit of Jesus. In fact, God is countercultural. He says this, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And can I tell you the reason I believe that so many of us struggle with this and this whole idea of forgiveness is because this is hard to do unless it's already been done to you. Meaning, it's hard for you to forgive until you experience the true forgiveness from Jesus. Until you realize the forgiveness that he's already offered you. So truly, if you struggle with this, your first step is to just be forgiven. To just accept it. And to realize that God has forgiven you. Why? Why should I do this? Why should I accept it? Because it's the forgiven who forgive. And if you've never accepted the forgiveness from God, you'll never be able to offer the forgiveness to anyone else. You got it, church? You excited for this series? I can't wait to give you next week. So let me pray over you. Lord, I love you. Lord, we love you today. And God, I just thank you for what you're doing right here in this moment. God, I pray for the people here today. 
Lord, I pray for the people who need their hearts cleansed. Lord, who need their hearts pure. Lord, I speak freedom in their hearts today in Jesus' name. Lord, I just, I, I just pray that we would not allow ourselves to be held hostage to bitterness and unforgiveness, Lord. Lord, let us not be held with those chains, Lord. Instead, Lord, we release the chains today in Jesus' name. Lord, we say what they've done to us, we recognize that it's wrong. And Lord, we even recognize that it shouldn't have happened, that they shouldn't have done that to us. But Lord, because you've released us of the things that we've done wrong, Lord, we choose to release them today in Jesus' name. Lord, we choose to love them like you loved us. We choose to do good to them like you've done good to us. And Lord, I just, I, I thank you for forgiving us, Lord. I thank you that because I'm forgiven, I can forgive in Jesus' name. And so right now, I forgive, I forgive the people in my life who have hurt me the most. Lord, we forgive them. And church, Church, if you have a person, if you have a group or a person that needs forgiveness, that bothers you, come on, would you just, would you lift them up right now in prayer? Lord, we lift that person up right now. Lord, we've not loved them like Jesus has called us to love them. God, we release them from our hearts today. Lord, we forgive them. Lord, Lord, we forgive every person who's wronged us. Man, Lord, every, every group who's wronged us, Lord, Lord, we're just asking for your forgiveness. Lord, we forgive them. Come on, church, would you just whisper their name right now? Lord, we forgive them right now. We forgive every person, everything that has wronged us. Lord, I ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. Lord, forgive us for what we've done. Lord, we can't do anything. We can't, we, 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 can't, we can't even begin to forgive anyone else unless you've already forgiven us. And so, Lord, there's people in this room right now who need to receive that forgiveness. And so, Lord, I pray that they would open their hearts to you right now. Lord, I pray that they would begin to receive your forgiveness. It's the forgiven who can forgive. So, Lord, thank you for forgiving us right now. Lord, we're sorry for all the wrong things that we've done against you. But Lord, we accept your grace and love and forgiveness in our lives. We love you, Lord. We thank you for it. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, no, I need to receive that forgiveness right now. Listen, I'm not, not gonna make you come to the front or anything like that, but I would, I would love to know if that's you in this room today. Maybe you say, I, I, need to, I need to receive the grace and forgiveness from Jesus before you can ever forgive anyone else. You've got to receive it. And so if that's you in this place, you say, I want to receive the forgiveness. Would you just, on the count of three, really quick, would you just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? You ready? You say, I need to receive the forgiveness that Jesus has to offer for me. You ready? One, two, three, hands lifted. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'll give you just a moment. Thank you. Put your hands down. Church, we all believe in this prayer. So wouldn't you just, won't you just say it after me? Just say this. Say, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this and mean it. Say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you 
for setting me free. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Would you get up for all the people who pray that prayer?